bless the Lord, oh my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. Amen. We're going to get right into the word. I'm going to ask that you would stand. I praise God for his faithfulness. I praise God for blessing my parents. They, they were both under the weather, and I thank God for that. It could have been something totally worse. So I praise God for that. The Bible says, in everything, give thanks. So I thank God for blessing them and touching them in their body. Praise God for bringing our pastor back, amen, touching his body. I praise God for the word this morning. It's working. I praise God for that word. God is good. When we don't see it working, he's, he's working behind the scenes. Amen. We are going to go to Matthew, the 14th chapter. And I'm just going to read one verse, and then I'll have you sit down. I don't want you to stand up for a very long time. Matthew 14, and we are going to actually read, amen, pray my strength in the Lord. I'm always out there saying, bless them, Lord. Bless her, Jesus. <laughs> amen. So I'm actually just going to read 14 and 30, and then I'll have you sit down. Amen. But when he saw the wind boisterous, he was afraid and beginning to sink. He cried out, saying, Lord, save me. You may be seated. Thank you for standing. Bless your name. Thank you, Jesus. God's word is already blessed. I don't have to ask him to bless the word. The word is already blessed. Amen. Amen. We are living in a day and time where there are so many distractions. I didn't give my topic. The topic is keep your eyes on Jesus. Tell yourself, keep your eyes on Jesus. Sometimes people say, look at your neighbor and say, but when you're going through, your neighbor ain't there with you. So tell yourself, keep your eyes on Jesus. It's simple, but sometimes we have a hard time keeping our eyes on Jesus. Amen. Amen. So we are living in a day and time where there are so many distractions. So many distractions. Everywhere you turn, um, there's something or some things. Amen. If we're not careful, these things will cause us to lose focus, to keep our eyes off of Jesus. But one thing we have to do, we have to recognize and acknowledge when your focus has shifted. You know, it's one thing, you know, we, we hear the word, we, we know the scriptures, but sometimes it can be so subtle and we can take our eyes off of him. And so we have to recognize that and acknowledge when we have taken our eyes off of Jesus. And so what does that mean? to take our eyes off of him or to lose focus. When your eyes are not on Jesus, your focus is off, you're unsettled, you're all over the place. How many times have you felt yourself? You said, I am all, it's one thing when you recognize I'm all over the place. But when our focus is off and when we take our eyes off of Jesus, then we're just kind of all over the place. We're not at ease. 
Amen. We're not still. And so when we're not still, we can't hear from God. How I many have you ever prayed and you was waiting for an answer and because you didn't sit still long enough to get an answer from the Lord, you, you couldn't hear him clear. And so we have to make sure that we are still in his presence. The word distract or distracted, it means your attention is drawn away. It is drawn away by other things. Also, a state of mind in which the attention is diverted from the original focus. Diverted, it means taken over, taken away, sidetracked. This word, it really caught my attention. It says to be diverted means to be entertained. And now when I thought about it, I'm thinking, well, I know what entertain means, or I thought about the word entertainment. So of course I looked it up. To be entertained, or when your focus is off, or when you're distracted, you're diverted, which means entertained, and the word entertained means beguiled. Somebody said beguiled. Yes, beguiled. The word beguile means to influence, to flatter, to mislead, or to charm. And so it is the enemy's job to cause us by any means necessary to take our focus off of Jesus. And so when we do that, it causes us to shift our attention elsewhere. And before you know it, slowly, just like Peter, slowly you start going down. And so what does that mean? You, you start going down, you stop praying like you should. You stop fasting, you stop reading your word, you stop coming to church, amen? And so slowly you start going down because your focus, you know, the enemy would love for us to, 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 to put our focus or allow certain things to consume our thoughts and to consume our mind. And before you know it, you're focusing on that thing. And that thing has taken your attention off of Jesus. Amen. There are three ways that you can be distracted. The first is by what you see, by what you hear, and by what you do or what you're involved in. Amen. By what you see, what you put in front of your eyes, what you're paying attention to, what you hear, or by what you do. And some of the things that causes distractions, the, one of the number one things that causes accidents is phones. Phones. Well, it don't just cause accidents. People can be distracted on their phones in the house of the Lord, but we ain't gonna talk about that. Social media, other people, bad news, the cares of this life, jobs can be a distraction. That job, yes, you go to that job, you bring home a paycheck, it takes care of bills and the necessities of life, but that job can be a distraction. And we have to recognize that. You know, yes, you know, you go after things and we want things and we desire things and we wanna travel and we wanna go on vacation and we wanna do these and do that, but that job, if you are not careful, you will put that job before God. And the church said, amen. Health issues, 
You can be so consumed by that report that you are focused on what the doctor said. Amen? And so if we allow these things to consume us, they will actually affect how we function from day to day. Amen? Amen. I'm going to go to Matthew, the fourth chapter. Still talking about keeping your eyes on Jesus. Matthew 4, and I'm going to start at verse 18. You don't have to read it, but I just want to kind of jump around a little bit. And so verse 18, it says, And Jesus, <clears throat> excuse me, walking by the Sea of Galilee, saw two brethren, Simon called Peter and Andrew his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishers. And so, you know, just to kind of, you know, I was going to go from 18 to 25, but for the sake of time, Peter, his occupation was he was a fisherman. And so Jesus comes in contact with him and his brother, and he tells them, follow me, and I'll make you fishers of men. Amen? Later down in this chapter, Jesus comes in contact with two more brothers, and the same thing, they were fishermen. And then the Bible says as they continued to follow him, they left their ship, they left their nets, and they left their father, and they followed Jesus. Amen? So they continued to follow Jesus. Amen. They began to learn of him. The Bible says, you know, as Jesus went about, he began to preach and he began to teach and he began to teach them and healing all manner of sicknesses and diseases. Some were tormented, some were possessed, some had palsy, some were lunatics, but the Bible says he healed them. And why did I want to point this out is because even before we get to Matthew 10, where he called the other disciples, these disciples spent time with Jesus. They heard him. They learned. And anytime you spend a length of time with somebody, you learn of them. You know, their, you know their likes, their dislikes. You know what makes them upset. You know what makes them smile. You know what makes them cry. You know their voice. You know what makes them tick, so to speak. So anytime you spend time with somebody, you know, sometimes you can know the next move. Sometimes you can look at them and you don't even have to say nothing because you know that person. And so these disciples, they spent enough time with Jesus and what I'm saying is sometimes we forget we spend time with Jesus we learn of him we we see the miracles we learn all these things but then we can go through a new trial or a new test in our life and it's as if though we've never spent time with him it's as if though he's never performed a miracle in our life why because we begin to take our focus off of Jesus amen amen let's see let's Go to Matthew chapter 10. Amen. And when he, Jesus, had called unto him his 12 disciples, he gave them power. And so I call this the roll call. He goes on and tells all of the disciples. But then it jumps down to verse 7 and says, As ye go, so now he's called them, he gave them power. But now he's giving them instructions. I want you to go and I want you to preach. I want you to heal the sick. I want you to cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, and cast out devils. Why was this important? Because there would come a time in the disciples' life that Jesus would no longer be among them. So not only did he teach them and instruct them, he gave them something, some power. 
to be able to do the same thing that Jesus did, amen? And then I thought about us. Jesus wants us to carry on the same thing that he did. He gives us instructions and he wants us to carry it out. He commands them, I want you to do this and I want you to do this. And he went on down the line and began to give them instructions. And so I thought about a scripture found in Psalms 32 and 8 and it says, I will instruct thee and teach thee in the way that thou shalt go. I will guide thee with my eye. In other words, when your focus is on me, I'll give you directions, I'll give you counsel, I'll give you instructions, and I will lead you. And so even as I begin to think about that scripture, and I thought about when he said, I'll lead you and I'll guide you, it caused me to go back to when, when my husband lost his vision. And, you know, sometimes we don't realize, you know, like the scripture in the book of Job, it all fell in a day. And I remember when I read this scripture, it struck something in me. And I can remember when my husband lost his vision, I had to lead him and I had to guide him. And he had to have some type of, um, 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 he had to be able to trust and be able to understand she's going to lead me. She's going to guide me where I need to go. And because I was so used to just kind of walking, you know, when you're walking, you just walking, you going down the steps, you just going everywhere. So sometimes I had to stop myself because I had to remember he's dependent on me. I'm going somewhere with this. He was dependent on me. He was holding on to me. So sometimes I would go down the steps and I would have to stop myself and I would have to count the steps. I say, okay, babe, there's, there's three steps. There's four steps. There's five steps. When you get to the bottom of the step, you know, go to the left. You know, I had to, had to kind of instruct him every step of the way what to do. And then, you know, sometimes we would go, maybe go sit down and eat. We would sit at the table. And because we weren't used to this thing, you know, the waiter would say, okay, you know, what would you like to drink? And so I'm waiting on him to give her an answer, but I forgot. He can't read the menu. So I was like, okay, ma'am, he can't see. So I'm reading the menu. Well, these are your choices, and this is this, and this is so-and-so. And okay, I need to go to the bathroom. Oh, okay. So I got to guide him because I don't want him going to the wrong bathroom. So then I'm up and I'm like, okay, I'm standing. I've got to stand next to the door and wait for him to get through. Hallelujah to the Lamb of God. And so when he comes out, I'm guiding him and I'm leading him. He had to be able to trust me to lead him where he needed to go. And so when I read this scripture and it said, I will instruct thee. Sometimes we don't know the next move. Sometimes we don't know where we're going. Sometimes we don't know what to do. Sometimes we don't know the next move. So we have to trust and wait and know that God is going to get us where we need to go. Amen. Hallelujah. Keep your eyes on Jesus. And so as I continue to read these scriptures, it was not my intention to focus and hone in on Peter, even though this, this verse, our main text is saying how Peter went down because he took his eyes off of Jesus. But then as I began to look up all these accounts in Peter's life where he was either interacting with Jesus or either Peter performed a miracle, and I began to put these scriptures together you don't have to turn to them. I'll call them out. You can write them down in your notes if you like. But in Matthew chapter 8, verse 14, where Peter witnesses Jesus heal his mother-in-law. Matthew 17, where Jesus takes Peter and some of the other disciples on the mountain. They witness Jesus being transfigured. 
Luke 8 and 54, Peter witnesses Jesus raise Jairus' daughter from the dead. Luke 22, Peter cuts off the soldier's ear and Jesus puts his ear back on. Acts 3 and 7, this one struck a nerve. Peter was at the gate of beautiful and he was walking by and he saw a man that was lame. And the scripture says, and Peter took him by the right hand and lifted him up and his feet and ankle bones received strength. Now, now I'm gonna have to stop right there. Well, Sister Rashida, we already heard the testimony where guess what, you're gonna hear it again. And so when he, he told him, he lifted him by his hand and I can remember again, my mind went back. Well, Sister Rashida, why do you always go back to the testimonies and why do you always go back to the miracles because believe it or not the miracles that he's already performed in my life those are the things that I'm holding on to those are the things that's causing me to hope for this next giant that we're facing so just in case you hear me talk about these testimonies just understand these are my hope testimonies hallelujah and so back to what I was saying I came to the house of the Lord on a Sunday morning my husband was at home not feeling well hallelujah I came to church sat on down hallelujah waiting to hear a word from the Lord the pastor standing here at the podium and he's standing there for a few minutes and he wasn't saying anything and finally he says well saints the Lord changed the message and so I'm listening I'm listening and so he reads Acts chapter 3 and verse 7 and he says, and Peter took him by the right hand, lifted him up, and his feet and ankle bones received strength. So I'm sitting down, and I'm saying to myself, why does he keep ministering about feet and bones? Why does he keep ministering? And, and it was just awkward to me. And then my mind went back to Deacon Chambers a couple of weeks ago. He stood right here. He said the Chambers household found themselves in trouble. He said, but God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. The Taylor household found themselves in trouble. He preaches the message on Sunday. Monday morning, we find ourselves in the emergency room. Hallelujah. So we go into the emergency room. To make a long story short, the doctor looks at my husband and said, how are you? And how have you been walking around? He said, we're going to have to admit you. And so they begin to perform all these tests and x-rays and ultrasounds. And so the x-rays and the ultrasounds show that there was infection to his bones. Hallelujah. And the infection had gone through his bones and to his feet. Hallelujah. And the first thing they told us, they said, well, we are going to have to amputate. No other suggestions, nothing else, nothing else we can do. No, we're going to have to do this. When do we start? Hallelujah. So this team of doctors is standing around. Hallelujah. And I said, well, can you give us a few minutes? Hallelujah. I said, I'll be back. My husband said, where are you going? I said, I'll be back. Hallelujah. I went downstairs. Hallelujah. Found the chapel. Hallelujah. I said, now, Lord, I don't know what to do. Do we do what they're telling us to do? Hallelujah, Lord, I'm afraid. Sister Rashida, you are I was afraid. Hallelujah, because they said, if you don't do this, this is going to happen. So I said, now, Lord, while he's upstairs, I need you to deal with his mind. I need you to help him and allow him to give them the answer. So he called and said, they're waiting for us. Went upstairs. They said, what are we going to do? My husband said, we're going to trust God. 
It got quiet in that room. They looked at us like something was wrong with us. Hallelujah. He said, we're going to trust God. Hallelujah. So the time went on. Hallelujah. The bone um, specialist began to examine his records and his, 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 his x-rays and his ultrasound. And so later on that week, they did it again, both legs. And they said, well, the infection is gone in the bones. Hallelujah. But he still wasn't out. Hallelujah. Yet in the name of Jesus, they sent him home. Months went by. Hallelujah. Months went by. God had completely healed him hallelujah once again the faithfulness hallelujah the faithfulness of god hallelujah i'm not gonna sit here and tell you that i was so full of faith i was afraid hallelujah but i knew to keep my eyes on jesus hallelujah bless your name hallelujah so i couldn't just let that scripture go hallelujah i couldn't let that scripture go hallelujah keep your eyes on jesus and when i say keep your eyes on him that doesn't mean that he won't allow something to happen it doesn't mean that well sister rashida i kept my eyes on him and he allowed the worst to happen how many times have i said lord don't let that happen lord i don't want to go through that I begged. I don't want to go through that. Hallelujah. I remember one test. I said, Lord, why did you let that happen? He said, accept what I allow. I gave it permission. Not to cause you to backslide. Some people, well, I went through this. I ain't going to walk with him no more. No. Some things are hard. Some things don't feel good. Sometimes he'll heal immediately. Sometimes he'll heal, he'll open the door, and then sometimes you're just there. You don't know what's gonna happen. Well, you know, God gave me a word. Well, sometimes he don't give you a word. So you've gotta rely on his track record in your life, hallelujah. Bless your name. And so now I wanna go to Matthew 14 and 28. Hallelujah. Bless your name, Jesus. I'm going to start at verse 24. But the ship was now in the midst of the sea, tossed with waves, for the wind was contrary. And in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went unto them, walking on the sea. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, It is a spirit. And they cried out for fear. But straightway Jesus spake unto them, saying, Be of good cheer, it is I. Be not afraid. And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it be thou, bid me or allow me to come unto thee on the water. And he said, Come. And when Peter was come down out of the ship, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. But when he saw, he took his eyes off, when he saw the wind boisterous, he was afraid. And beginning to sink, he cried, saying, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus stretched forth his hand and caught him. Wait a minute, Peter. You spent enough time with Jesus? Wait a minute, Peter. Yes, a lot of these accounts happen later in the Gospels. But wait a minute, Peter. 
He called you. He gave you power. Peter, you've seen his miracles. You've seen him work. You've seen him speak with authority. Peter, wait a minute, Sister Rashida. You got testimonies. He's performed miracles in your life. He's given you power. Hallelujah. You can recall all those things he did, Sister Rashida. Wait a minute, saints of agape. He's given you power. You've seen him perform things in your life. He's done this, this, and this for you. But we take our focus. It's not so much, well, you have all this experience with him, but we take our focus off of him. Instead of focusing on the master of the situation, we focus on what's going wrong. Keep your eyes on him. Hallelujah. Keep your eyes on Jesus. You know, I begin to think about Job. You know, sometimes we can go through one thing, and then times we can go through many of things. Sometimes that one thing can take your sleep, take your focus off. People have backslidden off of one thing, one. But that thing, you know, it's, it's not good. You know, sometimes people, you know, well, I'm not, somebody said to me, well, Rashida, I'm not going, what you're going, going through what you're going through. I said, stop. I said, because your test, that's your test. It's not about comparing. You know, well, she's going through this and I'm only, I'm only, that only, thing has caused you to take your focus off of God. And so whether it's one thing or whether it's many of things, sometimes we have to learn how to be still, whether if it's the one or whether if it's many. And so when I thought about Job and the book of Job, it says, and while one was speaking, here comes another. How many know about that? While one was speaking. Brother Scooter, can I use you for a second? He said, while one was speaking. Here I am. Here comes my one. While one was speaking. Here comes another. So here come this test. While one was speaking. So stand here and turn the other way. Kenny, can you come here, please? He said. While one was speaking, here comes another. I'm already going through this. Here comes another one. Stand right here and turn that way. Mm -hmm. Brother Terrence, can you come here, please? While one was speaking, here comes another. I'm going through this, and I'm going through this. Help us, Holy Ghost. While one was speaking, here comes another. Stand right here, Brother Terrence. Bless the name of the Lord. Who else can I use? Brother Isaiah, can I use you, please? He said, mm, mm, mm. While one was speaking, here comes another. I'm going through three different things. And here comes another one. That's enough. Stand right here, Isaiah. While one was speaking, here comes another. Can I use you, young man? Brother Andrew, is that your name? Amen. While one was speaking, here's another. Mm, mm, mm. 
who else can I use? Jacob, can I use, can I use Jacob, brother and sister Bell? Come here, Jacob, please. While one was speaking, here's another. Bless the name of the Lord. Brother Bobby, can I use you, please? While one was speaking, here comes another. Stand right here next to Brother Isaiah. Bless the name of the Lord. Right here. And so we're going through all these things. Now y'all come closer to me, just bunch me in. We can't see Sister Rashida. We can't see her. We can hear but we can't see her. While one was speaking, here comes another. Well, Sister Rashida, you don't know what I'm going through. I'm going through all these tests and trials, and I feel like I'm going down. Hallelujah. Well, if you're going to go down, let's go down. Let's go down on our knees. Father, in the name of Jesus, just like Peter, hallelujah, he said, Lord, save me. I can't change what I'm going through, but I can get down on my knees and I can ask God to help me and I can ask him to give me strength and I can ask him to keep my mind and I can ask me, Lord, don't let me charge you foolishly and I can ask him, Lord, don't let me backslide. Hallelujah. But I can keep my eyes on him. Hallelujah. Everybody but Kenny, you can go back to your seat. Hallelujah. And so, this one test, this one test, this test is bigger than me. This is my giant. This is my giant. When I go to bed, I wake up with it. When I wake up in the morning, it's there. When I go to church and sit down, that test is with me. Hallelujah. Praise service is going on. Who got a praise for the Lord? Stand on your feet. I stand up and praise God. Get done praising God. I'm shouting. Woo! Woo! Praise your way out. Sit down. That test. Right there. Get up. That test is with me. Everywhere I go, that test is with me. I can't get rid of that test. Can't get rid of it. It's with me. What am I going to do? The enemy say, you the only one going through like that. Ain't nobody else. Ain't nobody else going through like that. Look at them looking at you when you come to church. They looking at you. You get up and testify. You start crying. What's wrong with her? She must be going through again. Hallelujah. That test is going everywhere with me. Hallelujah. God is the only one. He knows when to say, peace be still. Peace be still. That test is over there now. I'm going on about my business. I got the victory. I'm praising him, testifying. Don't get happy too quick. You know, sometimes we get the victory. We praise him. I ain't going through right now. So then, oh, okay. Then we take our eyes off him because he done delivered me from all of that. So that gives me the, I can just, okay, well, I ain't going to read my word today. I ain't going to pray today. 
ain't gonna fast today. And then before you know it, here comes another test. You ain't prepared for that test. Why? I said, wait a minute. I went through something like that. But you ain't prepared for it. I remember going through something just like that. But the difference is, maybe you was prepared for that test. But because you took your eyes off of Jesus, you're not prepared for this one. So then you start going down for real. And before you know it, you out the door. I ain't going to church no more. Then you start finding fault with the church. Then you start finding fault with the saints. Then you start, ooh, don't say this. She better not say it. You start finding fault with the pastor. Did she say that? Yes, I said it. That's because you took your focus. And then the, when you take your focus off of Jesus, the enemy, he can whisper everything in your ear. And, and this is it. You start believing it. You believe it. If he's the father of lies, you believe in the lie. Because you took your eyes off of Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, son. You take your eyes off. You take your eyes off of him. And so the message tonight, whether you're going through something or not, saints, don't take your eyes off of Jesus. You know, a lot of us, we came into this year, we were already going through at the end of last year. Some came into this year, and some this year has been wonderful for you. We don't know what we're going to face before this year is over. That's not to scare somebody. She being negative. No, I'm telling the truth. We don't know what we're gonna face. There's some, it's time to come out of the test. And then some, you're gonna go in a test. But the way you prepare for a test, you get in that word, you store up some fasting, you stay on your knees, you surround yourself with spiritual people, not negative people. Hallelujah. Because the whole thing is the enemy wants you to focus. The enemy, you know, one thing that I learned and I'm learning about where I am in my life right now, the test has been there, but my focus changed. Can I be transparent? My focus changed. I, I was looking at the test. My focus was on what was going on. The doctor say something new, my focus was on that. This happened, my focus was on that. God said, keep your eyes on me. Yes, the test is there. God has not delivered yet. But what helps me is when I can keep my eyes. Not that I'm, you know, well, you know, I ain't going to name it and claim it. That ain't Bible. That ain't faith. I ain't going to name it and claim it. That's not faith. I've learned that faith is, I go to the doctor. They give me a report. God already knew what the doctor was going to say before I got there. So now that I've gotten the report, Lord, what do you say? Lord, what do you want me to do? 
well, he did such and such for Sister Brown. He did such and such for Sister Sean. He might not do that same thing for, he might deliver you different. I'm not saying he's not going to deliver you, but deliverance might come different for you. Even though he delivered them in other ways, he might, he might let you go through a little longer. So what are you going to do with that? But if we just keep our eyes on him, some things are overwhelming. Yes, we have the Holy Ghost. Yes, we come to church. Yes, we come to Bible class. We come to Sunday school. Some things overwhelm us. We ain't made it yet. And so I think about the scripture, and I'm closing, where Jehoshaphat says, I think it's in 2 Chronicles 20 and 12. Jehoshaphat says, Lord, we have no might against this company or this multitude that's coming against us. He said, but our eyes are on you. We don't have no strength against this thing that we're going through. But our eyes are on you. Sometimes you don't have strength. And then sometimes when you realize you don't have strength, learn how to come up to the altar, ask somebody to pray for you. I don't want them looking at me. Look at me. But pray for me while you're looking at me, okay? It don't matter. We have to get out of our mind. It doesn't matter. Well, they're going to say this. It don't matter. You the one that needs some strength. You the one that needs some help. Saints, keep your eyes on Jesus. It doesn't matter. Well, they backslid. You keep your eyes on him. Well, they doing this. You keep your eyes on him. It doesn't matter what everybody else is doing. Well, they get to do this, and they get to do so-and-so, and ain't nobody saying nothing. Well, you might do it, and what you God might not show you no more mercy. They doing it, and I, yeah, okay. Just keep your eyes on Jesus. It doesn't, this week, whatever comes, keep your eyes on him. Stay in the word. Play the word when you go to bed. Listen to the word. Lord, Lord, silence all the voices. Sometimes it can be so much noise. Lord, silence the noise so I can hear you. Keep your eyes on Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. The altar is open. Hallelujah. Bless you. The altar is open. We're not going to draw out the altar call. First, if there's any under the sound of my voice. Hallelujah. Maybe you say, well, I can't stop doing this. I can't stop doing that. Well, if you don't have his spirit, the Bible says that you shall receive power. So if you don't have the Holy Ghost, you don't have the power to stop doing it. So then you need the Holy Ghost. You need the Spirit of God. You need to go down in his name. Hallelujah. Bless your name. And maybe if not, maybe you have taken your eyes off of him. Maybe your focus, you're focusing on the wrong thing. And you've dwelt there too long. You're focusing on the wrong thing. You're looking at the wrong thing. You're looking at somebody else. Jesus said, why are you looking at them? You need to look over here. You need to keep your eyes on me. 
Well, Sister Rashida, I'm weary. Sister Rashida, I'm tired. I know about that. But you know what? No matter how weary I might become, I know where to come to for my help. I know where to come for strength. I know how to ask. If I feel like I need some help, I know how to go to somebody and say, can you please pray for me? Well, what do you need God? No, I don't have to tell you. You don't have to tell me what you need God to do. Just pray. Hallelujah. Bless your name, Jesus. Hallelujah. Bless your name. Father, in the name of Jesus, we come before you. Thanking you for your goodness, your kindness, and your mercy. Somebody else needs to be at this altar.